But today I want to preach a message that was kind of hinted, that I hinted to in our Wednesday um, lesson this past week. It's real strong in my heart. It's not the message I preached on Wednesday, but there's a thought that I gave at the end that I'm going to be preaching on today. And it's kind of that I feel that we get so caught up in the busyness of today and we fear tomorrow that we forget that the Lord didn't call us to worry about tomorrow, but he, rather he called us to worry about this day. Yeah? Too many times we, we worry so much and we stress over things that we have no control of that's absolutely out of our hands that we forget that this day is all that really matters, that tomorrow will worry for itself is what you know, the Bible says, that as long as I take care of this day, then God will take care of my next day. And when I get to my next day, it becomes my this day. And I worry about this day so God can take care of my next day. And we can't ever look too far ahead that we forget that God's trying to bless us today when we're worried about the blessing of tomorrow. If we just focus on today, right? To pursue him today, to read my Bible today, to pray today that my relationship with him is not supposed to be just a yearly walk, but it's a daily pursuit of him. And so today I want to speak for the next little bit on a message called this day. And try to put the attention back on where it should be. And I pray that this message today would speak to somebody, maybe even spark a flame. That might cause us to become closer to God in our daily walk with him. Would you help me pray and ask that the Lord use me today? Lord God, I thank you so much for this great day. And I thank you for your mercies, God, for they are new every morning. God, I ask you, Lord, that you would just allow me to preach this message the way that you want me to. And God, that, that, that you would just allow my words to be lifting to somebody else, Lord, because it's not about me. God, it's about you. I don't want people to hear my voice. I want them to hear your voice. So God, as you use me today, be my mouth as I speak. And God, I ask you right now that you would open up our minds to know, our ears to, to, to hear, and our eyes to see the truth of your word. And it's in your name I pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. If I put this here, can you guys hear me still? Okay, good. One. So, things aren't always what they seem, right? And as a matter of fact, sometimes things can leave us a wee bit puzzled. And to leave us in a, you know, a, a situation where in life many times it's like working a, 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 a puzzle. And, and in fact, if you think about it this way, we have this puzzle right here, right? And I was told by somebody before church that I probably needed to have started this before or we would be here a long time. So I promise you I'm not going to put together the whole thing. I'm just going to use it as an illustration today. So, but I'd like for you to participate with me as long as, as, as we go through the beginning part, part of this. I like puzzles. And as a matter of fact, Megan and I, when we were dating, um, we would put together puzzles. That was our thing that we did for fun, right? And y'all out there saying, man, he's crazy. I like puzzles. Do we have anybody out there that likes puzzles? I like, you know, there's all different types of people when you put together puzzles, right? There's those people that uh, just get all the colors together first. They can't do anything else till they go through every single piece. And if you're like my wife, she even labels at the back of them. Who does that, right? But... We, but she puts together all the pieces by color. How are you, you guys out there? Do you put them together by um by um a color first? Anybody? Okay, one. Um. 
And then there's those people that have to do the edges. Come on now. I can't do a puzzle till I get the edges. I've got to know where the border is. I've got to know the constraints of where this puzzle goes, right? I want to make sure I know, listen, I know what's going on. I want to make sure I have it under control. I want to make sure that I'm in control so much so that I know nothing can get outside of the border that I have created. Have you caught it yet? I this and I that and I this and I that because we are a people that likes to be in control, yes? And then how many of us would say, man, I'm puzzles, that's nonsense. Y'all just go do that. I'm going to go watch that game, okay? There's, there's some people that don't like to do puzzles. But now check this out. If everybody did the same puzzle, okay, which in life we are because at the end of the day, my puzzle should not represent me, but the picture of, my, um, of every single person's puzzle should be the image of Christ. Yes? So everybody at the end of the day is putting together the same puzzle, but I'll guarantee you that everybody in here is not going to do piece for piece the same as everybody else. Everybody in here is going to put their puzzle together differently. They don't worry 10 pieces ahead. They, 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 they don't worry what the end picture is going to be like, but rather they focus on just the piece that's in their hand. And they worry about this day, this piece, this part. Because too many times we forget that this piece is what matters right now. And then if I look too far ahead at all of these other pieces, I can get confused as to what's going on. But God has in a way made life simple in the fact that, hey, all I need you to worry about is the piece I put in your hand in that moment. Worry about this day, and then when you put that piece down, I can give you your next one. But you're not going to know where your next one goes until you take care of the one that I've already given you. And so many times we get upset at this piece. We get mad at this piece because it doesn't quite fit. Have y'all ever gotten that piece that just looks weird? I mean, come on now. It's got a bunch of different round things and a bunch of different slots, and it's curved on one side, round on the other side, pointed on the other side. You're thinking, where does this piece go? Well, I don't like this piece. I'm going to get a new one. Right? And we forget that we needed that piece to complete our story. I needed that piece. I didn't mean to actually throw that. Katie, can you help me out? I actually need that piece. Thank you. But we get frustrated at life. Well, I didn't know that was going to happen. I wasn't expecting that to happen to me. I don't like the peace that you've given me. But how are we set free? By the blood of the Lamb? By the what? Word of our testimony, which means we need our story to complete um, the picture. And if we dismiss a peace just because we don't like it, then how can we complete the story? Or if you're like my kids... Well, surely they must have printed this piece upside down. The maker of the puzzle had to have gotten it wrong. 
I know the picture's on this side, but it'll fit a lot better if I turn it over. And we try to, um, to make things happen. And we try to put pieces in places that don't go. And we try to make life just the way we want it. And we try to do life just the way we want it, and I want it, and they want it. And we forget that the creator of our puzzle is God himself, and he doesn't make a mistake. Right? So let's get real today. How many times have we done the same thing in our walk with God that something comes up in life and we tell ourselves, there's no way this is happening. This can't be a part of my story. It wasn't supposed to be like this. I didn't sign up for this. And we lay the issue aside real, um, and, re and re realize that God is really trying to do a good work in me. And the Bible says that he works all things out for our but how can it be good if we dismiss it? How can it be good if we, if we don't take the pain and go through it? How can it be good if we don't endure the season that we're in so that God can teach us what he's trying to teach us? And I'm going off script today. I, I, I didn't mean to go here, but somebody needs to hear this. You've been dealt a puzzle piece that you, you don't like, and you're in pain, and you're in grief, and, you're in, and just like last week, you're in your valley. And you don't understand how you can get out of that valley. But remember in the passage last week, it said that when they, were, when they were passing through, they weren't meant to stay, they weren't meant to dwell, they were passing through. And when they passed through, they were refreshed, they found rest. And what's the Bible say? They went from strength to strength. They became stronger in their valley. And I forgot to mention this last week. I got so caught up in my 20 pages of notes that I forgot to mention this. We go from our valley to our mountain, right? And we all like the mountain. We would all much rather be in the mountain. But sometimes we catch ourselves inside the valley. Why do you think they had to uh, renew their strength while in the valley? Why do you think they went from strength to strength? Why was that so important? Because every mountain, in order to get to the top, you have to climb. And if they didn't renew their strength in the valley, they, would, they wouldn't have had the strength to climb to the top. They would have gotten up halfway, gotten tired, and come right back down and started to dwell in their valley. But see, it's in those pieces that don't quite fit the way that we want them to, where God's saying, I am literally trying to strengthen you. I am literally trying to strengthen your faith because you see your next piece, you're going to like that piece. It's an edge piece. Right? But you can't get to that one until you get to the one in your hand. I need you to go through this right now. Or how many times have we tried to control the narrative? Oh God. Or this isn't what I wanted. I was going to do something else. Maybe the company got it wrong. Maybe I should turn my piece over. Maybe God got it wrong. No. God doesn't get it wrong. But here's the thing. When you're trying to solve a puzzle, the box top is, comes in real handy. Because if you're like me, you like to cheat just a little bit and be like, okay, I know exactly where that one goes. But see, in life, God took the box top away.
He said, I just need you to trust me. I can't let you see the whole picture yet. I can't let you see what, what's going to become of this. I can't let you go there because I've given you faith to trust me. What is faith? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That means I'm not supposed to see the end result. And I'm supposed to have faith and trust God that he knows what my pieces are going to be. And he knows that in the end, the picture is going to represent Christ. So in order to do that, I've got to go through my peace that I've been given. I must take care of this day. Because if I consume myself so much with who I'm going to marry and what job am I going to have and how much money am I going to make? Do I have enough to retire? Do, what is all this going to be? If I worry so much about that and forget it to take care of today, then I am not right. This day, this day, this day. So let's take a look at some, um, 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 a Bible here, okay? Um, um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you have your Bible. Now, in this passage, there's a lot of nows and thens. So I need you to help me, okay? Whenever we come to a now or a then, I want you to say it with me, okay? So here's what it says. It says, um, for we see only a reflection as in a mirror. We shall see face to face. I know in part... I shall know completely as Christ knows me. You see, there's a lot of times for now, we don't see the whole picture. But then we will. Now it's imperfect. Then it's complete. Now I only see a part. Then I will know. Now, what is, it's, it's, it's partial and incomplete, but then I know everything completely just as God knows me. And for a lot of us in here, we have a now, and that's present reality. But we look forward to our then because then looks a whole lot better than our now does. Now we only know part of the story. Then we'll know the whole story. And it's kind of like this, okay? We get a bunch of pieces that, that we begin to work through the now. And, okay, this is going okay. This one fits. And I'm on a roll just a little bit, right? And this piece goes here. And this piece goes here. And then all of a sudden, man, where does this piece go? And we're stalled out and we're confused. And we forget that in order to find out where this piece goes, we've got to go back to the creator and ask him, what are you trying to teach me through this? What am I supposed to learn through this? What do you want me to know? And, and, and then we get to that piece, and, and, and here's our piece, right? This piece might be you just lost your job. And you thought this was going to be the career where everything was going to take you to, to being able to retire and having all the money in the world, and you're going to be good, have a long life, watch your grandkids grow up, or maybe your piece was the report from the doctor when they walked into your room and said, hey, we need to talk. Or maybe your peace that you're coming out with is, is your marriage is spiraling out, out of control. Or you know I raised my kids, but, but you know, or, or you know that this isn't what I signed up for. Maybe that's your peace. And what happens is we create tension in, in, in our lives. And this tension is how do we live in the now while trusting God for the then? 
How do we live our life now and still trust God then? How do we appreciate the season that we're in and still trust God then? How do we live in our valley knowing that God's going to bring the mountain? How do we do that? Well, for that answer, I want to take you to Matthew chapter 11. And for the next couple minutes, I'm going to talk to you about a man by the name of John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was a great man, but I need you to understand that he wasn't in his best moment in Matthew chapter 11. The first part of Matthew chapter 11 says what? When John, who was in prison. Now let's stop there because I want us to understand that we need to establish the John the Baptist that we're talking about. So let me give you some context here, okay? This is the John the Baptist who was the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy that said, I'm going to send one to prepare the way for the Lord like a voice crying out in the wilderness. That's this John the Baptist. It's the John the Baptist whose mother was Elizabeth, now Elizabeth. And you have to understand that her and Mary, when they were both pregnant at the same time, when the children were in the womb, they were responding to each other. That's how close John the Baptist and Christ were, okay? This is that John the Baptist. This is the John the Baptist who was baptizing people in the Jordan, in the wilderness. And upon Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of, of the world. It is the John the Baptist who baptizes Jesus himself. And the clouds part and a dove descends upon Jesus. And he hears a voice from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I am well pleased. Could, could we maybe just understand for a moment before we get into the rest of the story who the John the Baptist is? He was so tight with Jesus. I need you to get this. He knew who Jesus was. Now watch what happens in the rest of this verse. When he heard the deeds of, the, of Christ, he sent the disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Listen to the snarkiness that John the Baptist had in that moment. After he heard of everything going, he said, are you the one who's to come or should we expect someone else? Mind you, the first part of, um, of, um, of verse 2 says that he's in prison. So he's probably not in a good place right now. He's been dealt a puzzle piece that he doesn't quite like. And so he's upset that he's in jail. I've done all these things. I've baptized people. I've walked with Jesus. I know Jesus. I've done all these things. I've seen miracles, even been a part of them, okay? And now I'm in prison are you the Messiah or should we expect someone else? How can John say such a thing? Did you just hear everything we talked about? Once he knows who Jesus is and it's because John got one of these puzzle pieces that he didn't like. He's in prison and he's not getting out and he's like, wait, hold on a minute. Are you really the Messiah? And if we're being real today, okay, let's, let's, let's just get real. Everybody has had one of those moments where we're like, man, God, are you really in this? Surely you can't be in this. Do you realize what I'm going through right now? My now doesn't look really good. My then might be a lot better, but I'm not there yet. So, but my now doesn't look real good. Are you, are you or should we be expecting something else? I don't understand this right now. And John's saying, man, are you sure? 
Are you sure this is him? Because I didn't sign up for this. John says, look, man, I was out in the wilderness. There's not a Marriott out there. They've got nothing. And I was out there wearing clothes that weren't even cool. They were made of camel hair. And they were scratchy and nasty and ugly and smelt bad. And my goodness, I was out there eating wild locusts and honey. All for you. And I'm rotten here in prison. Is this the Messiah or am I sure? Should I be expecting someone else? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what John the Baptist is going through? Because we forget sometimes these aren't just angels that God sent from heaven. These are real people with real emotions that went through real things just like you and I. They had moments of cloudiness. They had moments of doubt. They had moments of, is this really what I was called to do? So whenever you get to that place where you feel the same thing, it's okay because there's been people for thousands and thousands of years that have felt the same thing. Is this the Messiah or should I be waiting on somebody else? I'm John the Baptist. Now watch Matthew chapter 11 verse 4. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Now that's a moment that we read that passage, right? And that's where all of the Pentecostal churches all at once jump up to their feet and high five and shout and dance and run the aisles. Because we all like that part. We all love that part. Like, oh my goodness, my puzzle piece, man, it's coming together. Piece by piece by piece by piece, everything's just perfect, right? Life's great. The lame are healed. The deaf can hear. The blind have sight. Man, this is good. Don't you love it when life makes sense? Come on, let's be honest. Wouldn't you rather waking up every day and laying your head at night and going back and thinking on your day and say, man, today was great. Everything made sense. I didn't have to question a thing. But how many also know that life isn't always like that? That the now doesn't always make sense in our now. We don't always have peace about what's going on. We usually don't have peace until we see the then. But then Jesus says something in verse 6 that many would raise their eyebrows over like, did he really just say that? So Jesus responded to John. Hey man, go tell John. Lame walk, leprosy cleansed, deaf hear, dead raised, good news proclaimed to the poor. And let me throw in this last one. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. think about it now like wait a second I really like the part about the lame walking that was a lot better than this one Jesus it's almost like Jesus had that mic drop moment where that moment where John where John was being a little bit out of character maybe even complaining just a little bit about where he was in life and because he forgot that in his tiredness and in his exhaustion that he could dismiss a piece to his puzzle because that piece to his puzzle was going to in his then tell his whole story but he dismissed the piece and got mad and snarky with Jesus and said is this the Messiah or should I be expecting some, 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 someone else and then Jesus responds well John blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me 
You see what Jesus was saying to John in this moment? Get this. John's saying, John, I am Christ, and I do heal blind eyes. John, I am Christ, and sometimes the deaf ears will hear. And John, I'm Christ, and lepers will be cleansed. And John, I do heal miracles. But also, John, when you're in prison and ultimately die there too, I'm still Jesus. In other words, listen. Jesus was saying to John, John, there is a lot of good stuff going on. And yes, but and my sovereignty, John, doesn't depend on your circumstance. You see, in our lives, sometimes we get the pieces that we don't understand, but God's sovereignty doesn't depend on your circumstance. Jesus was saying to John, John, here's the deal. I know you've got some now that you don't like, but trust me, there's a then coming. I need you to take care of this day. I have you there for a reason. You're going through it for a reason. So instead of complaining about where you are, rather saying, John, I'm John. What can I learn through this? What can I learn through this piece that I've been dealt? What can I, because I'm a little bit puzzled. I don't quite get it yet. And I want to pause for just a minute because I want us to talk about something that many times can trip up people who know Christ, okay? And it's this. Sometimes we find ourselves in this tension, this tension of now waiting for the then, and we question like John did. We question, we're like, are you really Jesus in this? Or are we supposed to wait for somebody else? I, I thought it was supposed to be different when I signed up to walk with you. I didn't really realize I was going to be in prison. And we question God. And that's when the enemy comes in, right? And, and he comes in who's the master of all lies. That's what the Bible says. And he also says he loves to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So our enemy comes in and he whispers lies to us. And he says things like, see, look at you, oh, Mr. Cool Christian. Mrs. Cool Christian. You thought it was going to be different, didn't you? Well, this is how it's always going to be. It's never going to be different. Things aren't ever going to change. That's just wishful thinking. You're just dreaming now. Nothing is going to get fixed. And as a matter of fact, it might just even get worse. So why don't you in this moment and your exhaustion and your tiredness and the confusion that you have, why don't you just quit ministry? Hey, why don't you just leave church because things aren't going the way that you want them to? Now I'm about to start preaching because the Bible never said when things get tough that we just quit. It says to run the race that God's given us, to persevere through it. Why? Because we're all going to the same goal. We're all going to cross the line at the end when Jesus looks at me and says, well done, good and faithful servant. When things get tough, we have a tendency to just pack our bags and take our ball and go play onto the other court. When that's not what Jesus called us to do. John questions Jesus. Not as an attack against him. Because for some reason we think that everything that doesn't speak to our narrative is an attack against us. 
And it, was, and it wasn't to attack John. Jesus wasn't saying this in the snarky mood that John had with him. Jesus was actually saying it to John to challenge him. Why? Because Jesus loved John. And as a matter of fact, what I want you to see in, 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 in chapter 11 here is what Jesus actually said about John. Watch this. He said, truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. He loved John. He loved John. John was his friend. John was a brother. But in that moment when John wasn't seeing things clearly, Jesus had to challenge him. Why? Because he was in the tension of his now, waiting for the then. And in his waiting for the then, he forgot about the message of now. You see, God's big enough for our questions. John questioned Jesus, and guess what? Jesus was okay with it. You can ask your questions. Jesus is big enough for our questions. He's big enough for our high fives. He's big enough for our tantrums. He is big enough for our running the altars, and he's big enough for our curiosity. He's big enough. He's big enough. He's big enough. But too many times we beat the table because we don't quite know where that piece is supposed to fit. How do I live in my now and still trust God for then? Well, Jeremiah chapter 29 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, right? And to give you a what? A future and a hope. Nothing about that verse tells me that God's trying to harm me. Nothing in that passage says God's trying to hurt me. Nothing in that passage says God doesn't have it under, under control. And as a matter of fact, if anything, it's encouragement to us that even though we might be dealt a puzzle piece that we don't quite like, it might be through that puzzle piece that he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Not to harm you, but to give you. Amen. pause for a moment because if you're hungry I need you to eat this right here our faith is in God not in the outcomes that we want now I want to say that again because I want that to sink in our faith is in God not in the outcomes that we want you see, God's sovereignty, again, does not depend on the circumstance that we go through and where we find ourselves in that moment, in the doubts of today, those puzzling moments. We trust in his tomorrow. So our faith is not the outcomes that we want. Our faith is in God. Now, I want to share a story, and a real short story, and because many times you hear a message like this and you find yourself, um, you know, well, that's easy for you to say, Mr. Pastor's kid, Mr. Overseer boy. You've, got, you've had everything handed to you. Never had to work for a job. Never had to do anything hard in life. Well, that's easy for you to say because you've not had a tough life. Well, can we get real? Because back in 2002, my second year of high school playing ball, 
I was having a great time playing baseball. Man, I loved it. Baseball was my life. I lived to play baseball. I still love it today. I was playing. I was good. And then ever, everything just going the way that I wanted it to. And I got sick. And my puzzle piece didn't quite fit the way that I wanted it to. And for 27 days, I'm sitting in, 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 in a bed. Seven of, 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 of those days in ICU. One, one, just asking God, when is my puzzle piece going to be laid down so I can get out of here and go back to the life that I want to live? I got frustrated with God. I got mad at God. I didn't realize why I was having to go through this. ICU, chest tubes, liver drains, IVs, pick lines, you name it, I had it. I literally sat in my bed and said, God, you either got to heal me or take me. Because I'm tired of this. And I dismissed the puzzle piece. I didn't realize that it would be part of my story. So yes, Mr. Overseer boy, and yes, Mr. Pastor's kid, and yes, Mr. Ha ha had it all perfect his, his whole life, there were times I've been angry at God. And then a lady, half an hour away, stepped in my room black lady she pastored a church down about 30 minutes from where we were didn't know me or who I was and said son are you a preacher's kid I said yes ma'am I am well God woke me up in my sleep and told me to come here and pray for you It was in my frustration and my anger at God that he sent me somebody to my room. And can I tell you that after she prayed for me that next day started my, my um, a journey home. We don't have to understand the puzzle piece that we're given in the moment. We just have to have faith to know God's going to tell us where to put it. Can I encourage you today before I go on? Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. I thought I was going to die. I thought my life was over. But Jesus had another plan. In fact, the Bible says that he's got a plan for, for all this. And his plan began with his son, Jesus, whom he sent to die on the cross so that you and I wouldn't have to endure the pain. His plan then became Jesus being sent up to heaven and releasing his Holy Spirit here on earth that would comfort us and would hold our hand through life's issues. And that when we were dealt a puzzle piece, we didn't quite understand that we could say, dear Jesus, help me through it. And he promised that he'd never leave you. Well, God, wouldn't it be so much easier if you just gave me the box top? It sure would be nice to know where all the puzzle pieces go. 
How much do you trust me? How much do you have faith? Do you love me into the valley as much as you love me onto the mountain? I'm going to close with this. What's the time? I have a couple minutes. I was reading a social media post the other day and a friend of mine, pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, was talking with a, an older teen in their church and she was angsty, you know, about being 17 years old and not knowing what tomorrow holds, what college she's supposed to go to, married or not, will she have kids? She was shocked when the pastor of that church, his name's Craig, sat and said, you know what, at my age, I still don't know what tomorrow holds for me. I told her that nobody will ever get out of that um, emotion, that nobody matures out of a life lived at the hand of God. That if you truly trust God for your tomorrow, you may never know what tomorrow holds until tomorrow becomes this day. So in order to get to that day, I have to make sure that this day matters, that this day counts, that I'm not worried about puzzle pieces that don't fit, and I'm not worried about ten pieces down the line, and I'm not worried about getting the border just right so that I can control the narrative and what's happening, but rather if I just trust God for this day, then he will take me to my next day. What's the Bible say about it? Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. What's the Bible say? In, in, um, a pro, in, in, it says, in the hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Proverbs chapter 3, my favorite verse of all time, says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Too many times we want to read that verse and say, trust in myself with all my heart and lean not into what God says, but in all our ways submit to my plan and I can do it. But you try to live your life that way and see how far you get. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways trust God. Acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray for tomorrow. Every single night I pray that my boys find a good Christian girl that they can marry. I pray every night that Eliza Grace finds a good Christian husband that one day she'll marry. I pray for tomorrow, but I don't worry about tomorrow because God has called me to make today work. How do I know that? Matthew chapter 6, and we'll, we'll close. Jesus taught us to pray. And he used very special choice words within this prayer. And I want you to watch this with, with, with me. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The prayer for thine is the king, the power and the glory. Okay, amen, amen. Great passage. Great passage. Jesus taught us to pray. But we read over a simple part of that. Go back to um, a verse number 11. 
Give us today our daily bread. And leave that up, okay? Because far too often we want to pray, God, give me my year and my yearly bread and then get out of the way and let me manage it. That we can pray on Monday, be good for the rest of the week. That we can give up something for the first 21 days of the year and think that we don't have to do anything else the rest of the year. As a matter of fact, that's not what the Bible says. He does not say, give me this year in my yearly bread and get out of the way because simply that's something that we do to eliminate our need for God. But rather what the Bible says is to take care of this day. Give us today our daily bread, which means my walk with God is not 10 puzzle pieces down the road, but my walk with God is every single piece that I hold in my hand. It's my daily pursuit of Him. It's reading daily. It's praying daily. It's worshiping Him daily. Take care of this day. Make this day matter. Make this day count. Make this day mean something. My challenge for you today, if life is truly a daily pursuit of God, what are we doing that is causing our relationship with Him to grow stronger? What are we being intentional about? What are we being purposeful about? Are we really giving God this day one piece at a time? With all eyes closed, all heads bowed. I want to pray today for those that feel the weight of the world on their shoulder. You're holding a piece to your puzzle and you don't care for it very much. You might say, you know, man, I found myself in some times where I'm holding some of those pieces and I don't understand it. I don't know what's happening. Or you might say I'm in this place today where I've got a friend I know that's going through some stuff and I just, I want to pray that God would give me the encouragement to give him that, that I could tell him it's going to be okay. That I've got some puzzling things going on. And I really need God to help me with the peace that he's put in my hand. If that's you, would you lift your hand? Man, there's hands all over this place.